Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Alrighty, guys, it is time for another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robinson, and I am joined, as always, by my twin brother Andrew Robinson. Man, it's a great, great uh, day here. Rick, week uh, over here. I'm on down here in Baltimore, and Drew's obviously over there in Portugal. Man, Drew, how you doing, bro? Doing good, man. You know, got another game tomorrow out here. You know, on Friday, so just. Uh, Looking forward to that. Another opportunity to play, man. You know, getting closer and closer to Christmas. So, you know, feeling the holiday spirit a little bit. You know, feeling good because we, uh, as you know, just announced our partnership with uh, Mid-Major Place for the, uh, you know, all facts media, merchandise, hoodies, tees, notebooks, whatever you need. We got it. So, you know, y'all looking for a gift for a special somebody, you know, your little sneaky link, boo thing, head over to Mid-Major Place. Head over to All Facts Media website and cop some gear, man. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, feeling good, man. You know, how about yourself? Doing good, man. Kick a plane. Got practice tonight. Uh, got a little game Saturday up in Pennsylvania. Then we're uh, going to Canada. I'm going to get to be like you and, and travel, you know what I'm saying, playing basketball, you know, so it's like I can go ahead and uh, get out of the country a little bit. Hopefully, God willing, if COVID doesn't get in, get in the way of that, you know what I'm saying? So looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, man, happy to, be, happy to be on here talking some hoops. That'd be dope, man. What, first time in Canada, eh? First time in Canada, eh? I'm going to call out my guy Ship a little bit. Some of the old QU guys up, up in Canada, man. See, see how those guys are doing, man. But um, without further ado, man, we're going to get right into it, man. We had a jam-packed weekend of college hoops, man. Obviously, we released our week six mid-major rankings. We're going to dive into those. Also, had a bunch of mid-major teams that got some great wins over the weekend. So, we're definitely going to run through a few of those wins as well, man. But... Before we get into all of that, man, you know I couldn't let you get, get off the hook, man. want to remind you guys to make sure you guys are streaming our episodes, man. Make sure you guys are giving us a like, uh, a retweet on Twitter, a share on Instagram. You see our content, man. Give us a rating on Spotify, on Apple, and Google Podcasts, man. Five stars only, please. Leave us a comment. Um, please, you know, tell a friend and tell a friend about the auto bid, man. Every share, um, every rating. Uh, it goes a long way, man, in terms of helping us to get this podcast out to the right people, man. So want to definitely remind you guys, as always, to do that. Like my man Drew said, come shop with us. He's saying, get your little boot thing, some all-facts gear, man, a nice little hoodie. We got flavors, man. We got different colors, T-shirts, hoodies, notebooks. You know what I'm saying? You name it, we got it all on Mid-Major Place. So you guys are tapping into that as well. And last but not least, make sure you guys are listening to my guy, Pull Up Taze Music. That was him on the intro. That'll be him on the outro. His new project, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms. Make sure you guys are tapping in with my guy, Music Man, one of the hottest up-and-coming rappers out of the DMV, man. But like I said, man, there was a bunch of big wins over the weekend, man. So I'm going to let my guy, Drew, uh, toss a few doors your way. 
Yeah, man, definitely was a great weekend uh, for the mid-majors. A lot of um, a lot of teams against some big-time wins. I start with the biggest one, in my opinion. That was Colorado State with the victory over Mississippi State. Um, you know, that win eventually catapulted them into the top 25. It's honestly a travesty that they haven't been ranked, you know. But I think, uh, you know, I guess the, the AP voters wanted to see a little more. You know, they got the win over Mississippi State in a game, honestly, where – Mississippi State control for majority of, of that game. I, I had opportunity to watch that game, and I kept saying to myself in that second half, like, all right, man, Mississippi State's going to put them away here. They're going to put them away here. And they would miss a shot. They would turn the ball over, and Colorado State just kept hanging around, man. And, and they showed the chops of, of, of a veteran team. You know, they made plays down the stretch and ended up getting that win. And, you know, speaking of a veteran team, man, with a stat actually came across that game that day that I want to share, man. And um, this is about the amount of production that Colorado State is returning for last year's team. They returned 96% of their scoring from last year, 97% of their rebounding from, from last year, 99% of their blocks from last year, and 93% of their minutes from last year's team. Honestly, the team who should have been an NCAA tournament team, you know, they got robbed, you know, um, on the bubble last year, ended up making a run in the NIT. But, you know, this is a very poised team. I'm listening to, uh, you know, Archie Miller and, and Sean Miller on the field 68. They, they, you know, give this team a ton of props, man, and, and, and the job that, that they've done this year. Um, and they're a dangerous team, man. So, you know, shout out to those guys for getting that win over Mississippi State over the weekend. They're going to be a team to watch going forward. Um, also, we had Murray State get a big-time win over Memphis, 74-72, which honestly looks a lot better today because, you know, originally Memphis was, was looking pretty bad, but obviously they were able to, to get a big-time win over, over Alabama, which makes, you know, this victory that much sweeter for Murray State. Um, Belmont. Got a win over UT Chattanooga, and you know what I think is kind of the battle of two mid-major heavyweights uh, over 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 this past week. They got a win 76-68. Monmouth got a win over Pitt, and what I like to call you know the all facts media special because you know if you guys see you know I gotta you know tip my hat a little bit to myself. You know I had a sniper pick. You know I predicted Monmouth was gonna beat Pitt in this game. I also predicted that George Pappas was gonna go off for a column seventeen, you know which he did. So you know. Tip my hat to myself, you know, for that for that pick right there. Child uh, they're, they're rolling right now. Also got a, a win over Yale on a head coach King Rice's birthday. So I'm sure he's happy about that. Um, South Dakota State got a win over Washington State at the buzzer, 77-74. And definitely the 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 nastiest game winner I think I've ever seen in uh, college basketball, you know, made a guy touch earth, drills the three, and then walks it off. You know, they're definitely a craziest thing I saw. Nominee to South Dakota State for getting that big time win over Washington State team, who a lot of people think is going to contend in the Pac-12 this year. So that's definitely um, not a win to just to just sneeze over. Um, Louis Chicago gets a win over Vanderbilt, 69-58. Not too much of a surprise there. They, they were the better team. UC Davis gets a win over a struggling Oregon State team who's uh, not looked good at all this year. Albany gets a win over BC, 61-57. Shout out to the America East. Western Kentucky was able to get a win over Ole Miss, a very convincing win at that 71-48, which was, you know, really good to see. Obviously, that Western Kentucky team is a team that, you know, we had in the top top 15, I believe, mid-major team coming into the year um, with the with the influx of talent that Rick Stansberry was able to bring in over there. So um, that was definitely a big win for them. Dayton was able to get a win over Virginia Tech by five. St. Louis also was able to get a win over BC, so two quality wins there for the A-10 over the ACC. And rounding it out, New Mexico State got a win over the early Marymount, 63-58, and another one of those mid-major games between two you know, teams that are going to be battling for NCAA tournament bursts 
come March. So I know there was a lot, man. A lot of mid-major action, man. A lot of big-time games. But, you know, um, nonetheless, man, a lot of teams got some quality wins that are going to, I think, resonate big time, you know, come March. Hey, man, a few things I want to point out. I mean, first of all, you mentioned that that game winner in South Dakota State, man. My guy, Baylor Shireman, uh, that that – uh, that dude is a smooth killer over there, over there at South Dakota State, man. Especially you got to keep an eye on him because if that team uh, comes out of the summer league, man, they're going to be a they're going to be a team that that is going to you know is going to be difficult out um, in the NCAA tournament, man. This guy, um, he's having. I mean, l- l- last year um, he he had a little bit better year. He had about fifteen nine and four. This year he's at about fourteen nine and four. Um, but you know, very efficient. He's shooting forty seven percent from the floor. 44% from three. South Dakota State ended up losing to Missouri State after that, went over Washington State, man. So definitely um, they're, they're, they're on the ropes a little bit here after losing to Idaho um, and then losing to Missouri State. But they, they did get a big win in Washington State, man. But um, this, this is a very good basketball team, and they're going to be there come March. So definitely want to keep an eye on them, man. But the two biggest results that I want to talk about, you mentioned the, the Colorado State or Mississippi State game, man. And um, I think, you know, we, we, we talked about it a lot last week, man, but I want to put out a stat, man. This guy, Isaiah Stevens, this year is, is the ultimate floor general, ultimate point god, man. I mean, this guy this season, man, has, has 73 assists uh, and just 15 turnovers this year for the season, man. I mean, he's averaging seven assists a game to 1.5 turnovers, man. I mean, that dude, anytime you're having an assist turnover ratio of dang near seven to one, I mean, that, that's absolutely unheard of, man. And, and he's the reason why that team – um, one of the many reasons, but obviously Nico Medved is an awesome coach. David Roddy is an awesome player member. But, that, but when you have a point guard um, that can go out there and control the tempo of the basketball game, you mentioned, um, you know, it, it looked like Mississippi State was going was gonna to put him away, man. But, you know, uh, Stevens just controlled the tempo of that game, man. I think he's a guy that, you know, it's going to have to be, be in, the, in the conversation, man, for that Bob Cousy Award, man. And a guy that's going to have to be – you're going to have to start putting his name in them convos. We talk about some of the best guards in the country, man, because – um, he's the guy that, that that's you know the ultimate floor general man. Um, and the other game you mentioned that I think was was probably the most surprising result was uh, Chattanooga and Belmont. I won't say it was surprising, but Belmont's a really good team. But uh, I mean, when you look at Belmont, man, we know this team is a great offensive team, man. And with the, with the guards that they have, um, Nick Mazinski obviously is a great you know big guy down low. Casey Alexander is an outstanding coach for them, man. But you know they they you know for Chattanooga they shot sixty percent from the floor. You know they make twelve threes. You know, shoot eight for shoot uh forty percent. I'm excuse me, eight for twenty from three point line, forty percent um for the game, sixty percent from the floor for the game. Um, and they and they were able to to also step up on defensive man, man. And you know they were able to hold David John Baptiste, uh, Tanuki probably probably the second best player behind Malachi Smith. Um, to three points, one of eight shooting from the floor, and zero for six shooting from the three point line, man. So we know the offensive talent that, that this Belmont team has, man. But if you can hold a Chattanooga team to 68 points, um, hold David John Baptiste to one of eight shooting night, man. I mean, that just speaks to you know how how well rounded this, this, this Belmont team is, man. They have the guard play, they have a dominant big guy down low, um, they can make shots, and now they're starting to show that, that they can defend, man. So. Um, they're going to be a player, man, in the Ohio Valley. They're going to be a player come into the tournament time. And, you know, as it normally is in the OVC, man, it's going to be a battle um, between them and Murray State, man. And I can't wait to see um, how that league ends up shaking out. Uh, for sure, man. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head as far as, you know, Belmont. You know, obviously, I think 
One of the things that I think uh, people forget, man, or maybe not forget, but I mean, Belmont obviously has been up and down all year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people had them at the beginning. Of, we had them in, in, in the top five, you know, of our mid-major poll. Um, a lot of people had them as, you know, arguably the best mid-major. You know, people, I know they, they actually received some votes in the top 25 early on. Obviously, they, they took some losses and took some lumps, you know, but I mean, they're, they seem like they're, they're catching their stride, you know, right at the right time, man. I think that this is a Belmont team that is old. You know, they have experience, and they're absolutely going to be there, you know, come NCAA tournament time, man. I think that, you know, this is a team that, you know, granted, like I said, they they, they did take some early losses that, that were kind of questionable. But, you know, I think that if, if this team could kind of – I think obviously them and Murray State. I know we talk about the OVC on time, Belmont, Murray State, Belmont, Murray State. Um, but, I mean, I think this year, you know, more than ever, man. I think, obviously, we just mentioned Murray State got that big-time win over Memphis, man. But, I mean, watch out for Belmont. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely going to be a team that I think is going to get better as the season goes along. We talked about Colorado State being a team that returns so much of their scoring. You know, Belmont is the same way. You know, they're returning essentially their whole team, you know, from from from, from last year. And I think that this is a team that's only going to get better, you know, as the year goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the big part of the retention, man. I mean, you return – you know, Ben Shepard, Will Richard, Grayson Murphy, man, a guy in Grayson Murphy, he's got averaging eight rebounds, eight points, excuse me, six rebounds, basically five and a half assists per game for them, man. He, and I think he, he's a guy, you know, that kind of gets overlooked just because of, you know, the other guys that are on the team that might score a little more, you know, that, that might, um, you know, get, get more attention, you know, like, like Majinski, uh, like Ben Shepard, man. But this guy is extremely important to that team. And you're talking about just turnover ratio. He's at about five and a half assists, two turnovers, man, so, you know, nothing – we're talking about Isaiah Stevens numbers here, seven to one. But you know, anything that's north of two to one um, is a good production for them, man. And, and like you said, man, this, this is an old team, um, and they retain the majority um, of their of their production from last season, man. So they're without a doubt um, going to be there uh, at the end of the year, man. And Murray State um, is, is going to have something to say about that as well. We can talk a little bit about them later. They got a big time matchup this weekend, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing that, seeing how the OBC shakes out. Now. I think we're in a position where we could, you know, kind of talk about that at that two bid uh, OVC again. I mean, Belmont sitting here at nine and one. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Murray State is is coming in right now at nine and one. Belmont is nine and three, but they've won um, now four games in a row, uh, five of their last six games. Obviously, after you know going down to Orlando, they they, they you know kind of you know took took a little beating there. They lost to LSU uh, by thirty. But ever since then, man, I mean, they they beat a good uh, Drake team, beat a very good Iona team, um, lost to Dayton. Um, but then they were able to win the next four games. And so they've now won six of their last seven games, man. They're definitely trending in the right direction, man. Anytime you can, you can, you know, be, be trending in the right direction, come conference play, man, it's going to be – it's going to bode well, man. So definitely looking forward to seeing how, how that ends up shaking out. Yeah, I mean, I think that 30-point loss to, to LSU was like a, a wake-up call for them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that they obviously won that game expecting to win. But I think, you know, honestly, that Orlando tournament was, was a, a turning point for them, man. And they could all went to the championship game you know, against Dayton and lose by two. You know, I mean, I mean they're really, you know, a, a possession away, you know, from being on a, what, a seven-game win streak here? You know, so, I mean, literally just a, a one or two shots, you know, from being on a seven-game win streak here. I think that that Orlando tournament down there really was was the turning point for this Belmont team. I think that we're really going to see them rip off some games now. I mean, they, they got – I mean, I, I don't really see too many, too many games. I think that, that they should really lose before um, before OVC play, you know, uh, and, and they're going to see Murray State on the 15th of January. But, I mean, I think that this is a team that could rip off nine, ten games in a row, you know, and really start, start, start to get hot at the right time, man. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely um, drinking the Belmont Kool-Aid right now for sure. 
Not for sure, man. I mean, this, this Belmont team is definitely a team that has some spurtability, man. I mean, last year we saw them run off. I think it was something crazy, like 17 straight wins or something like that, man. I mean, they, they, they started off – I want to say started off slow, but they, they, you know, might have lost the game or two. Then they ran off like 17 straight. So, this team definitely has spurtability, man. I would not be surprised they got on a similar run uh, like that this season. For sure, for sure, man. And uh, now I'm definitely going to be looking out for this Belmont team, man. But, you know, the gears a little bit, man. As we always do, man, you know, we had our week six mid-major rankings. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for those who did not catch it on Twitter, we'll read it off for you guys. We have number one team, excuse me, number one mid-major team in the country, Colorado State, AP Top 25 team, no surprise here. Number two, we have San Francisco, who is still undefeated, you know, sitting at the number two spot. Lower Chicago at three, St. Mary's at four. St. Bonaventure took a tough loss to, to, to UConn, but they're still sitting here at number five. Iona is surging. Iona is surging. They still only have two losses on, on, on the year. News just broke that, that they will not be playing Seton Hall at the Garden after Seton Hall uh, ha- is having some COVID issues right now. But they're sitting at number six. We got Murray State at number seven after that big win over Memphis. BYU at eight. San Diego State at nine. Utah State, 10, UAB, 11, Ohio, 12, Chattanooga, 13, Belmont Bruins, 14, New Mexico State, 15, JMU, 16, Monmouth, 17, Wyoming, 18, Davidson is making the first entrance into the top 25 at number 19 after winning six games in a row out of the A-10. UC Irvine sitting at 20. Weber State at the drop in their first game of the season is at number 21. Buffalo, that's at number 22. South Dakota State, 23. Louisiana Tech, number 24. And Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State at number 25, rounding it out for Conference USA. So, Ace, man, what are your thoughts on this week's rankings? Yeah, man, I mean, I, I think, you know, one, one team that we're – that we, you know, obviously started off cheating very high on, um, and we're still, we're still high on them. They're number three in our pool in Little Chicago. We mentioned earlier they got a win over Vanderbilt, which was a great win for them, man. And this is another team. You mentioned Belmont kind of clicking at the right time. Um, Little Chicago is another team that's definitely clicking at the right time, man. After those two tough losses in, in Atlantis to Auburn and Michigan State, um, they've now ran off about five straight victories, man. They beat Arizona State, obviously, in that constellation game um, in Atlantis. And then they beat Indiana State. DePaul, they played nine D one in Roosevelt, and then they beat Vanderbilt. Uh, obviously, on Friday, man, they're, they're they're kind of playing some great basketball right now, man. The thing, the thing that I think I'm most impressed by is that you know this culture that Porter Moser kind of left there, man, is, is still going strong under Drew Valentine, man. I mean, this is a team last year that was very stingy defensively, um, and they are just as stingy this year, man. I mean, they, they held Vanderbilt to 58 points, 35% shooting from the floor, and three for 19 shooting from the three-point line, man. Anytime you can, you can, you know, guard with it, they do, man. I mean, defense travels, man. We, we know that in college basketball, man. Your defense is something that's going to travel. We've seen what Baylor's been able to do on defensive end um, in that absolute shellacking of Villanova over the weekend, man, holding them to 36 points. Um, and, you know, Teams that, that that are able to to get stops like that, man, on a, on a consistent basis, man, are, are you know going to be extremely dangerous, man. I mean, this, this team isn't even a team that has any super explosive scores. I mean, a score is Lucas Williamson. Shout out to Lucas Williamson who recently uh, scored his thousandth point uh, in college, man. So definitely want to give a shout out to him, man. This guy who's on the Final Four team um, is a four year guy with Chicago, man. And he's you know now you know in more of a, in more of a prominent role, obviously with with. Um, Big fella. What's my big fella's name? Drew and Blinken right Cameron now. Kevin Crutway. Kevin Crutway, man. With, with, with Crutway heading, heading up out there, he's now more of a feature role. Man. He's, he's only averaging 11.5 points a game. Man, him and Ryan Swagger are leading this team. Both of those guys are averaging 11.5 
essentially points per game, man. So this isn't a super explosive offensive team, man, but they have balance. I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that are averaging between seven and 11 points. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, eight that are averaging between five and 11. If you add Tate Hall, he's averaging basically five rebounds, five assists, and five rebounds. 5.5 rebounds and two assists per game for them, man. I mean, this team is a team that is incredibly balanced. Um, eight guys that are playing at least 20 minutes a game. Only one guy that's playing 30, and that's Braden Norris. Everybody else is, is in between, you know, that, that 16 minutes to 28-minute range. So um, this team is incredibly balanced, man. They defend. Um, and they're going to be a team, man, that if they keep winning, they might find themselves back in the, in the AP top 25. Um, and they're definitely going to be a team that's going to have potential to do some things, you know, come March again. Yep. Yeah, man, definitely shout out to Louis Chicago, man. They've done a great job thus far. Uh, for me, it's Davidson, man. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to focus on them because, one, you know, they're, they're playing great as of late, like I mentioned, they're on a six-game win streak. But, I mean, only, they're 7-2 on the year on a six-game win streak. And the only two losses are to undefeated San Francisco and New Mexico State, who've been a top five, top 25 team in our major pool the entire season. So, I mean, they don't have any bad losses. You know, they beat, they beat East Carolina. You know, they, they, they beat UPenn. Uh, they beat they beat Charlotte. I mean, but but they're beating teams who they're they're supposed to beat. And I think that obviously much has been said, you know, about about um St. Bonaventure, obviously in the A ten and you know, oh, this is one big league and this and that. And I think the A ten desperately needs another team to kind of rise and you know be into that category. You know, we, we mentioned St. Louis um was able to get a window over BC and a lot of people thought that they had potential to be kind of a um maybe an at-large team, dating with a team who a lot of people were high on. Obviously, they went down to uh, Orlando and, and won the Disney Invitational. Um, and, and obviously, you know, beat Virginia Tech this past week, but they've been up and down all year. Obviously, as we've talked about at, at length on this podcast. But, you know, for Davidson to be trending in the right direction, you know, they've won six in a row. They're going to uh, see Radford this Saturday. And then they have a big-time matchup against Lewis Chicago. And, you know, obviously, I think that's a perfect segue. Ace just talked about Lewis Chicago. So, I mean, this is going to be a huge test for the Davidson team. Two teams who run that person offense. I can remember we played both of these teams 2019, 20 year when we were at Coppin. They both run that, that, that same, uh, you know, back cut, you know, Princeton style offense, man, with, with speed. So that's going to be a great, great game to watch um, on, on Wednesday, man. So I think that, you know, obviously Davidson, that's, that's, that's going to be a big test, you know, for those guys. But I'm, I'm definitely happy to see, you know, the A-10 have another team that's kind of trending in the right direction. Maybe they can challenge seeing Bonaventure uh, in the A-10, but – uh, I think that's just huge, huge for the conference. Yeah, man, I think Davidson's definitely playing well, man. If you're in the A-10, you better hope that Davidson can, you know, keep his hot streak going. And, you know, hopefully – I think the A-10 hoping that they can upset St. Bonaventure in the A-10 tournament because I think St. Bonaventure, most teams would probably, you know, give them an at-large if they were to get it. You know, they have two losses. One of them um, – oh, excuse me. One of them was to UConn without Kyle Lofton. Um, and the other one, I believe, was to – it was early in the year. Uh, Northern Iowa. We were, yeah, and after Northern Iowa was a team that's been slumping uh, lately. But, um, you know, St. Bonham mentioned a team that I think is going to be able to get an at-large if they, if they don't win the A-10. So you're hoping that Davidson can kind of, you know, get hot, stay hot, and hopefully, you know, win the A-10. Because I don't think that this is a this team that has at-large potential um, yeah. at this point in time, man. So I, I don't I – don't, um, yeah. I think they're, they're also a great start, man. Hyung Jun Lee is, is, is having an amazing year. I mean, he's averaging 19.7 rebounds and two assists per game. He's dang near 50-40-90 right now, shooting 50% from the floor, 41% from three, and 86 from the foul line. Also, Foster Lawyer, the Michigan State transfer man, is having a great year for them. He's, he's at almost 15 points a game. He's dang near 54-92, but he's shooting 56% from three-point line, 
uh, 45 from the floor and 84 from the free throw line, man. Also, you got – I see Luka Brekovic having a great year for them at about 12 and 7. Um, so, they're definitely a good team. I mean, you know, they're extremely well coached with Bob McKillop, man. I think if they, if they can beat Lower Chicago, that'll be a one that can kind of put them back on that map. Um, and we can really start kind of having conversations about Davidson. But I wouldn't – I still think it's a one-bit A-10. I still think they, uh, that St. Bob Metro is going to be the team that is the only chance – the only team that has a chance at winning – at getting an at-large bid – um, and I don't, I don't expect Davidson to beat Royal Chicago, um, but even if they did, I don't know if they have enough for for an uh, for at large because they don't really have too many quality wins. They don't have any really really yeah. good wins. So no, for sure, they're, I don't, they're I don't think on, yeah. they're banking on uh, winning that eight ten. Hopefully, they can knock off St. Bonaventure. Yeah, not for sure. I don't, I don't think that that, that this is an at large team in Davidson. I was more so making the point that I think that this is a team that's you know playing well at the, at the right time heading into eight ten play. And like I said, man. You know, a loss to undefeated San Francisco is not a bad loss, you know, by any means. You know, they're undefeated. They haven't lost this year yet. Um, and I think that, obviously, you need another team that's kind of competing, you know, at, at the top of that league. You know, you have a lot of 18 teams take some – like we mentioned, they take some head-scratching losses this year. You know, they win the, the age presentation in Florida, but they have some head-scratching losses. You know, I think that this is Davidson team that doesn't have any of those bad losses. You know, they're 7-2, like I said, only two losses on New Mexico State and San Francisco. Um, and they're going to have a – uh, uh, exceptional chance, you know, to play a great game against North Chicago. So heading into conference play, man, this is a team that if they can stay hot and keep playing good basketball, I mean, if they can creep into, you know, the top of the A-10, you know, maybe they could beat the same bonus if they, if they catch them on the right night, man. But I think it's just good for the A-10 to have another team, you know, playing well right now outside of St. Bonaventure. You know, it definitely is, man. I think the A-10 is definitely, you know, for for as much talk we've talking about how bad it's been, I mean, you got St. Bonaventure at eight and two, Davidson at seven and two, URI eight and three, St. Louis eight and three, and then Davidson at seven and four. Um, and obviously with that win and the East Bay Invitational down in Florida, uh, it looks good for them. And then VCU just got Ace Baldwin back, which is a huge development for them because um, Ace Baldwin is a guy obviously that is you know one of the best guards in the in the eight ten when he's healthy, man. And you know he's somebody that um, is, is gonna is gonna help, help you know VCU kind of steady. A little bit uh, in the backcourt, man. He last night, um, or I don't know if last night, but the last last game out, um, they beat FAU sixty six to forty six, um, and he was huge, man. I mean, he, I think the thing with him, kind of similar to Isaiah Stewart, is that he doesn't turn the ball over, man. I mean, this guy had nine assists uh, versus FAU and three turnovers, man. So we're talking about a three to one turnover ratio. Only had six points, man. But when any time you got a guy similar to Isaiah Stewart that can control the tempo of the basketball game, man, it, it goes a long way, man. And that guy's a guy that's been around the program for a while. Baltimore is extremely tough, man. Um, and obviously they were able to beat their across their rivals in ODU. He had 11 points, uh, five assists, and one turnover, man. So, you know, uh, in two games, 14 assists um, and only three turnovers, man. So, Four turnovers, excuse me, uh, in, in, in those in those two games, man. So um, huge for them, man. And, and I think you know, for a guy, for a team as like VCU has been ravaged by the injury, but getting him back is huge, man. So I think the A10 is trending in the right direction, man, right now. So you know, we'll see what happens to conference play, man. But um, definitely, you know, things, things are looking a little bit better now in the A10 than they were a few weeks ago. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure, man. But. Nonetheless, man, you know, we, we were joined by a you know, fellow DMV young gunner, you know, a fellow DMV hooper, man, um, Charlotte's own Jameer Young. You know, we're definitely pleased to have him on. He's having an exceptional year this year at, at Charlotte, averaging just under 20 points per game. You know, he's a Conference USA freshman of the year. He's also a member of that Team Takeover team that won PJ back in 2018. We're going to talk about that in uh, the interview with Jameer, man, had a bunch of guys who you just might recognize, man. So 
Um, we're definitely excited to have him more. Man, we're going to get you guys over to that interview now. All righty, guys. As we mentioned before, man, we are joined by DMV Zone, man, and Charlotte Junior Guard, Jameer Young, man. So, Jameer, man, first of all, man, thank you for joining us, man. We definitely, um, you know, for, for the viewers, man, we definitely are, are, are pleased, man, to have Jameer on, man, because he's definitely one of the best mid-major players in the country, man. Um, and obviously, he's a DMV guy, former DeMatha guard, former team takeover guard, man. So, um, Jameer, man, first of all, man, for people who may not know you, man, just give us a rundown of kind of just, just – who you are, man, kind of just, and what, what brought you to, to Charlotte? And I kind of just describe your game, man, for somebody who might not have ever, ever seen you play. Um, first, I would just say my name is Jameer Young, um, PG County, born and raised, um, family guy, um, hard worker, um, just a guy who wants to win. And um, Charlotte, really, just the recruiting process, just coming down to Charlotte, it was really based on the relationship I had with the coach um, really uh, felt mo most comfortable with him um, in recruiting me. I felt like the ball would be in my hands and it would be a good position for me to um, excel. So um, that's really why I committed to Charlotte. It's a beautiful city. The people are genuine down here. So it's been it's been good ever since I've been down here. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, um, you, you mentioned kind of, you know, being able to come to, come to, come to the opportunity, um, have your ball, have the ball in your hands at Charlotte, and obviously you got off to a great freshman year, man. It was, you know, this Conference USA freshman of the year. Last year you were first team all Conference USA guy, man. I mean, talk about kind of, you know, start you've been able to have to your conference career, man. Did you expect yourself to kind of get off to, you know, that, that, that kind of start, man, and, you know, just, you know, what has kind of led to your, your development over? Obviously, first year you averaged about 12, and last year you jumped up to about 18 a game, man. I mean, and now you're obviously almost at 20, man. Talk about a little bit of your, your, your development, you know, through the years, man, and what you've been able to do your, your first few years there. Um, coming out of high school, um, you know, I've always had confidence in myself. Um, I felt like if I was – if I had the opportunity that I, that I would excel, um, the math, you know, not being the go-to guy and takeover, um, high school not being the go-to guy um, just motivated me, just pushed me to just work hard in the summer. So coming down here, I would say my first summer here at Charlotte um, before my freshman season, just focusing on, um, you know, just all assets of my game, just trying to um, work on everything, all my um, all my skills, really. Um, yeah, I would, that's what I would say. Um, just, just hard work every day, really. Um, and then my development, I felt like it just grew. I, my confidence grew after my freshman season. And um, just trying to turn this program around and really turn this into a winning program was my motivation, really. Now, you mentioned winning programs. And, you know, obviously you mentioned a little bit coming from DeMatha, coming from Team Takeover. Um, you kind of segued into it a little bit, man. But I want to ask you, first of all, let's start with DeMatha. You know, you're, you're on a team with Hunter Dickinson, Earl Timberlake, you know, Justin Moore. Um, but you were, without a doubt, you know, one of the better players you know, on that team for sure, man. Um, obviously playing for Mike Jones. Talk about your your, your time at DeMatha, uh, how the hell prepare you for Charlotte? Um, just competing with top guys, like like you mentioned, every day in practice really uh, prepared me. Um, just that the eyes on us, just the target on our back at DeMatha, just everybody watching us. Um, that's what I would say is – what really prepared me. Uh, and Mike Jones, me and him had a great relationship. Growing up, I always used to come to the DeMatha camp, so that's how we really knew each other. Um, and, yeah, that's that's what it really was. Um, just my, um, 
you know my um I forget the word. Okay. Um, my role, yeah, my role was different at Demanta, but I was more of a facilitator. But um, as I got older and grew into my game, I felt like it changed, and that's carried over to Charlotte, really. Yeah. No, I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of piggybacking off of that kind of time. Now, I want to talk about your time with, with Team Takeover, man. And for those who don't know, obviously, Team Takeover is a, is a story day you program, you know, Victor Oladipo, <laughs> you know, the grand brother, Jeremy Grant, Jerry Grant. Um, but your Takeover team was a team that went 16 0 in, in the EYBL in the regular season, uh, ended up losing uh, one game, but you guys ended up winning the PJM that year. And I just want to run down the roster uh, of that team for, for guys who don't know. Obviously, Jameer was on that team as well, one of the better players. I, I watched that, that Peach Jam run. Uh, you were balling, man. But some of the other guys on that team, man, uh, Armando Baycott, five-star recruit. Um, North Carolina, some of you guys probably heard of him. Hunter Dickinson, another five-star guy. Michigan, some of you guys probably heard of him. Uh, Justin Moore, Villanova. Casey Morsell, uh, who's at Virginia, and now is at NC State. Ann Harris, UNC. Jeremy Roach, Duke. Terrence Williams, Michigan. You got Josh O'Doro who's doing his thing right now at George Mason. I mean, you guys had a loaded, loaded mob that year, man. Obviously, you guys ran through EYBL undefeated. Talk about, first of all, just that team, um, what the dynamic was that year, and then just, I guess, looking back on it now, man, like, what does it mean for you to kind of be a part of that team and um, just looking at what all you guys have been able to do on the college level? Man, that's a great question. I would say, you know, that team was arguably one of the best takeover teams in history, really. Um, we had so much talent all around that area in the DMV. We all grew up with each other. So we all had a relationship on and off the floor. So that's what really connected us and helped us be such a great team. Um, you know, the coaching staff would take over. Um, they just pushed us to be our best selves and they saw our potential. So that's what really – and we, we really um, – we won – the championship by about 2030, which is crazy. So, I mean, that run was crazy. I feel like um, if that team had another year, we would have won it again. But, yeah, that was a special moment um, for us and a special moment for me, something I'll never forget. You might got to go go holler at uh, a Jeremy Gray on them book. I know they, they, they had some crazy back in the day with, with Jeremy, Josh Hart. Yeah, yeah, I heard it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even back before that, I mean, my year, you had like Phil Booth, Deion Wiley, Marcus Derrickson, Trey Campbell. Uh, who, who was on that team? It, 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 it's been a lot of stacked takeover teams through the years, man. It's been almost on that team. They talked on that team. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's been a lot of dogs coming to takeover, man. So, but y'all definitely, hey, listen, man. Y'all were undefeated. Y'all wanted chip, man. So, y'all definitely got, got as much to say about that as anybody else, for sure. Um, I want to ask you, man, um, about your time at Charlotte, man. Obviously, you know, last year you got off to, to a pretty good start, man. You split Western Kentucky, uh, had beat Davidson, had beat GW, man. And then, you know, obviously last year was a COVID year, the rough season. Uh, you guys ended, ended up losing your last nine games of the year. Finished, finished, you know, on a little bit of a slide, man. And then um, I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, what was that year like for you? Obviously, you individually had a great year. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the wheels kind of fell, fell off at the end, man. And, you know, what was kind of that like dealing with, dealing with last year uh, for you? Uh, it was difficult. Um, it was a new experience. Um, you know, coming from winning programs like TakeOver to Matha, um, you know, you just want to come to the next level and win just as much as you won there. So um, just just trying to put that year behind us. It was a tough COVID year. Everything was pretty much d different, no fans. So we really had to generate our own energy, and I feel like we had a hard time with that last year. 
Um, but that just motivated us for this year and um, really helped me focus up and have a chip on my shoulder for this year and not be really focused on, you know, individual awards, but really just trying to win. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I got to ask you, man, because, you know, in today's day and age, especially with, with the transfer portal, man, um, a lot of guys are just up and, and, and leaving, you know what I'm saying? Especially after the year you had last year, averaging 18 points per game. I'm sure you had the opportunity to, to, to obviously go do that. They, they passed the rule where you don't have to sit out if it's your first time transferring. For you, uh, what went into your decision to, to, to stay at Charlotte? Um, obviously, you're having an amazing year this year, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely paying off. But um, I kind of always wanted to, to understand that, that decision-making process for guys because some guys obviously choose to kind of go and go go the high major out. Some guys like yourself choose to stay and have the ball in your hands and thrive. You know, So for you, um, did, did you know what kind of went into that decision? Um, and did, you know, did the things that they ever, ever cross your mind and kind of like, all right, should I stay? Should I go? How, how do you deal with that? Um, it was definitely one of the toughest decisions I've had to make um, in my career. Um, I would just say, just the type of person I am, I've always been an underdog my whole life. Um, so being at a mid major and standing out, I feel like that was my lane, and I felt like um, just the relationship with the coaches and the, the, um, the atmosphere here is something that I didn't really want to leave. And I felt like I found a home here at Charlotte. And um, I'm a loyal person. I'll be loyal to Charlotte. So, And I felt like we could win here. So um, just trying to come back and um, do everything that um, we promised to do and um, just to win games. I feel like um, if the next level will find you, they're going to find you. If you're good enough, they're going to find you. So I felt like um, – if I do what I have to do here, I should be fine. Now, speaking of the transfer portal, man, you guys brought in three transfers this year. Obviously, you're, 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 you're the leading scorer at 19 a game, but you guys, next four scores are all newcomers. Obviously, one um, is a freshman of the year, your big fella, Ali Khalifa. But then your other three guys, Clyde Trapp, uh, Robert Braswell, and uh, Austin Butler, are all guys that you guys got out of the transfer portal, man. I mean, talk about those guys, the impact that they've made this year, um, and what they've been able to kind of bring, bring to the table this year for you guys. Um, I'll say Ali Khalifa, he uh, has so much potential. Um, he has so much IQ. His vision is crazy. So he's so unselfish. So um, we give him touches. And when we give him touches, it seems like everything good happens when he touches the ball. So he's a key part of our offense. And um, I would say Cloud Trap, Austin Butler, and Robert Braswell, all coming from different from different teams. Uh, I would just say just bring in new – new information, just spreading their knowledge, um, older guys, but, um, some veteran, just veterans and, um, just different skill levels. I would just say they just bring a lot of different like punches and different weapons in our offense. So that's really helping us win games really. Now you mentioned obviously, um, you know, coming from winning programs and trying to win at Charlotte, man. And, uh, your last game out against Valparaiso, you had 26 points, man, and you really put the team on your back down the stretch. You had a layup, a go-ahead layup with 20 seconds left uh, to, to give you guys the win. But you talk about just walking through that game, man, because you were on an absolute tear uh, during that game, man. It seemed like, you know, you just had that, you know, we're not going to lose mentality, man. So just walk, walk me through that game um, and kind of what, what was going through your mind, um, you know, in just during the game. Uh, to be honest, I would say I would – um, after our road loss at Arkansas, um, that was a hard one. That was a tough loss. I was really um, beating myself up about it. And I knew this game at Valpo was very, was very important for our team, especially on the road. Um, we was back at 500. 
Jib was four and four. So, and I, I just really hate losing. So, just me, just trying to lead the team, and um, just do anything possible to win is was my mindset, and just to be aggressive. So, um, I'm just glad we was able to come out with that W. Now, I want to talk about your coach, obviously Ron Sanchez, the guy that you know, spent about 12 years on staff with Tony Bennett at Washington State and at and at University of Virginia. Man, obviously Virginia, the team that's you know extremely stout defensively, they won that pack line and you know, that that Virginia little flare stagger offense. I mean, um, talk about your relationship with, with your coach, man, and what it's like kind of playing for him for him. Um, and, and you know, um, do you see any similarity between the way you got to play and the way that Virginia kind of plays? And you know, what's it like, you know, just kind of playing for for a coach, coach like him uh, at Charlotte? Uh, I would say, I mean, it just, it's great playing under him. Um, I feel like he's a great coach. He's a great mentor. Um, he, te- he teaches us about basketball, but he also teaches us about life in general. So I feel like it's a good just being under him and just being able to learn and pick from his mind. He's always open for questions and always open to watch film and um, just help us grow as people and as players. So um, he has the ultimate confidence in me, and um, that's all I can ask for. I'm just thankful to be in this position. Um, and for the offenses, yeah, I would say we're kind of similar, especially defensively um, with Virginia. And, um, yeah, really just just a defensive-minded team. We're a defensive-minded team. So we just like to grind out wins, and um, that's really really how we play. So it's good playing under him. Well, I can tell you one thing, man. I don't know if, if Virginia – I don't remember last time Virginia had a guy that was averaging 20 points per game. I know Virginia could probably <laughs> – Use some scoring over there this year. They, they're struggling <laughs> to put the ball in the, in the bucket. So there has to be some type of differences over there between y'all offense and Virginia's because I'm sure Virginia would, would probably make a trade for you right now, man. But um, <laughs> I want to talk about, man, you, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you're, you're a guy that's, um, you know, definitely putting up points, man. Like for you, um, describe your game. Like, you know, what do you kind of try to, 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 to do when you're out there on the court as far as your ability to, to put the ball in the basket? Um, at my size, you know, I just try to lead. Um, vocally, I try to be vocal. Um, I know I'm, I'm gifted offensively, so I just try to be aggressive, find my spots, but not force anything. And at my size, just trying to get my teammates involved, trying to get my teammates involved and just, you know, just win games, really. Just do anything um, to win. That's really my game. Um, just a smart guy with IQ, a uh, crafty lefty, just trying to, just trying to win, really. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned when you when you when you uh, got on the interview that you were coming from coming from from practice, man, getting ready for a big game tomorrow um, against Wake Forest, man, a big you know in-state rivalry. Obviously, they're gonna come on down to Charlotte and play you guys, man. What are you guys looking forward to? I think Wake Forest is off to a great start this year at, at ten and one. What are you guys looking forward to, to to that matchup, man? And obviously, um, you know, what's it mean the coach kind of emphasize that you guys are gonna have to do to kind of be able to go in there and be, be successful tomorrow? Um, we know Wake Forest. Um, they started off pretty well this season, ten and one. Um, you know, the lights will be on. Um, it'll be a great atmosphere, great arena. Um, so yeah, we're excited. Um, it should be, it should be a good one. We sh- should compete with them. Um, my freshman year, we played them and we won. So I know they're out, um, trying to get us this time. So, uh, we just got to stick together. Um, the game plan is just to be, uh, connected on defense and connected on offense, just take care of the ball and, um, really just going out and competing and, um, just to have fun, really.
Now, obviously, you guys are, are inching closer and closer towards uh, conference play and uh, conference USA, and you know, obviously, much has been said about you know the Louisiana Techs of the world and Kenneth Lofton and the job that Andy Kane has done at, at UAB and Western Kentucky bringing in Zion Harmon and this and that. But what do you guys think? You know, when when you look at your team um, and and you look at Conference USA, where do you think you guys fit in, in, into the fold? Where do you think is, is kind of the, the ceiling for your team uh, this year? As far as when you look at your team compared to the rest of of, of the conference. Um, I feel like our ceiling is limitless. I feel like the sky's the limit, really. Um, it just depends on our approach. If we approach it just as, you know, it's us versus us and we handle our business, I feel like we're as good as any team in the conference. Um, we don't really care how where people rank us or how people predict us to have season to have. Um, but we, um, we have the ultimate confidence in each other and ourselves, and I feel like we could get the job done. So... Just coming in, just being ready, just being locked in. And um, we're just excited to um, shock the conference, really. Now, I got to ask you, man, there was also a former DMV guy, John Davis, man. He's the guy that, that, that went to Charlotte, man. And, you know, I actually had time to spend some time in Charlotte, you know, a, a few weeks ago, man. Or actually, during the summertime, I got a few friends live out there, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, before you get off, man, I definitely got to ask you, man, what are, your, what are your favorite spots in Charlotte, man, around campus, man? Are, are, are you a lost and found guy, man? I mean, what, what, are your, what, 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 what are your favorite spots around campus, man? That's crazy because me and G are actually very cool. Um, he was um, he was my mentor when I came to um, Shadow Charlotte. When I came to visit Charlotte, he was actually showing me around campus and all of that stuff. Um, I would say um, during the season, I really don't go out as much. I'm not really that type of guy. But I heard about Lost and Found, um, Slate, um, Oak Room. I try to, I mean, every once in a while, peep my head in there, but that's really it, really. We went there. We yeah. went to Lawson Valley. We went to Slay when I was in Charlotte, and both of them spots was, 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 was cool. It was a spot called Paul. Yeah, it was cool. That was cool, too. It was just a few cool little spots out there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's a nice city, for real. A lot of food spots. It's a nice city. All right, man. Now, I have one more question for you, man. Now, my yeah. mom, I know a few football players out there, man. I actually had the opportunity to go to a, to go to a sports and leadership conference out there a few years ago. And uh, one thing that, that I noticed, man, about Charlotte, man, it's the home of country music, man. And, and, uh, a lot of guys were, 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 were country music fans, man. Luke Combs, you myself, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I was doing a little bit of country music, man. Luke Combs, Luke Brown, a little bit, man. Do you, do you, do you dip and dabble that over there in Charlotte, man? Are you a country music guy? Nah, man. Nah, I can't get <laughs> Country. I can't get in the country. Hey, no, the same people, man. Like, I only want to and not listen to Luke Combs, man. That's the pride. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. I've listen, heard of him. A couple of my, a couple of my teammates are um, fans, but nah, personally, I can't get into it. You got to tap in, man. Tell you got to tap in. No, you don't. No, you, no, you don't. <laughs> this dude is the only one that be trying to preach this country music stuff, man. So you don't, <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it, man. But I mean, I, I gotta ask you, man, because I think that, um, you know. Just with with the, the trajectory you know that that you're on at your career with, with your career so far, Charlotte man. And when I look at you know the NBA nowadays, man, and how much the league's grown through the G League, through two way contracts, through exhibit tens, um, I think that, that there's no doubt in my mind that, that you're a guy that that can play your way into that uh, position. You know whether it's getting drafted, whether it's you know uh, getting the summer league and getting the two way. I think that you have, have the ability, um, you know, to to play your way into the league, man. And I mean, I think that. 
from your time with Team Takeover, winning PJN to the Matter to now, you know, doing that Charlotte man for you, um, is that a goal of yours? Obviously, how do you obviously with, with this year that that you're having now, man? Like, um, you know, what would it mean to you to kind of put yourself in that position to play at the highest level and be the next, you know, mid-major guy to make it to the league? You know, how we, you know, everybody makes so much of the, you know, John Morant and Steph Curry just became the all-time leader in, in three-point makes out of, out of Davidson and the list goes on and on um, of guys from mid-majors that have been able to make it to the league, man. Um, for you to be a guy that actually has the opportunity to do that, um, kind of what does that mean to you? I feel like uh, that's the best story to have, especially coming from uh, mid-majors and, um, you know, just being the underdog and just being underestimated. Um, but I would just say it would just be a blessing, you know, just my faith faith in God, you know, just keep putting in the work and just trusting in God's process for me, really. Um, yes, I would definitely um, – that's definitely my goal to make it to the NBA. So um, any opportunity that I get, I'll take the most advantage of and um, – just keep betting on myself, really. So um, I'm trying to take care of business this season and then see what see what the future holds for me. Yep. Yep. You mentioned those goals, but obviously, you know, you've got to be pretty consistent, you know, as your time at Charlotte. You've been right around 30, 35% from three. been right about 40, 45% from the floor. Obviously, you know, you, you, you were average about 18 last year, about 19 now. I mean, what is the thing that you want to, you know, kind of improve on? Um, you know, it, what do you think you, think you want to get better at, you know, as you kind of, you know, Finish you dive after you hear that Charlotte, man, and then kind of head to the next level. Definitely more consistent, um, especially, you know, teams throwing different different um, defenses at me, you know, whether that's Dublin or um, different different types of ball screen action uh, defenses. But um, just, you know, improving my percentages all around, free throws from the three-point line, from, from two, um, my assist to turnover ratio, really just everything. Cause you can always get better at um, all aspects, but um, yeah, just trying to improve on everything, and I'm just trying to come more of a complete point guard. Now, when you when you look at obviously like all, all your guys that uh, you play on that, on that team takeaway team and the team back in the man, like um, do you guys ever talk to each other just about like looking back at, at that time, like dang man, like you know we was already in you know on the road in the hotel doing all these things, and now we out here like. You know, what's your relationship with, with, with those guys now, man? Are you, are you guys still in contact? Like, you guys kind of check up on each other now? Yeah, it's crazy, man. We're all still in contact. We're all really good friends. So, um, you know, we're all busy during the season. But, you know, um, so if one of us has a good game or something, you know, guys will reach out. You know, just the relationships are just genuine. We've known each other for so long. And we all just want each other to do well. So, um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a blessing to have friends like that, really. And I'm um, just come up and be on the big stage. All of us being able to be successful at the D1 level, so um, it's just it's just a blessing, really. We, we we've not talked about all, all the basketball stuff, man. We got to get a funny story out of you, man, from, from those from those Peace Jam days, man. You got you got a, a funny <laughs> story, man, or, or, or a funny story from back on the road, man. That some something that that kind of that that you remember to um to this day, man. We 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 need one funny story. Yeah, oh, Mike Jones story. Oh, Mike Jones story too. Cause oh, yeah, we had him definitely, on definitely Mike Jones story too. Can we see him? Uh, with takeover, I would say you know just traveling a lot. Um, you know how important like tournaments are in Peace Jam is. I would say, um, the coaches would collect our phones at night, and guys, you know, guys ain't trying to do that. <laughs> so guys would have like at this time it was what 2017. Uh, guys would have like iPhone 
four S's, like the oldest iPhones crack, <laughs> crack, like don't even turn on trying to turn those in. And, <laughs> man, dudes were getting caught. We was, <laughs> that was probably the funniest, funniest one, really. Were you one of those guys that got bagged or, 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 or was it one of your teammates? Yeah, I got bagged, man. <laughs> I got bagged. I got bagged. Hey, I can't even run you, man, because we, we did that too at Quinnipiac. Our coach, Big Brandon, went over. So I know Justin, they they didn't do the same thing. We talking to Brandon, uh, Brandon Slater about this on the podcast. They do the same thing on the road, man. We had to do that for two years, every hotel. We had to get a burner, man. But like I had the great burner, though. I, at the time, it was like, boy, I think it was about like 2018, boy. I had, I had like a sick or something like that. So I was turning the, ooh, go ahead. Bro, they ain't bad for the whole year. I was lit. I was high. No cap. Yeah. And the room checks be early. They be like 10 o'clock. It be something yeah. crazy. It was 10 for us, too, bro. It was 10 for us, too. He right. He had to. Yeah, you definitely right, bro. Man, what, what, what was like, you like on them on them EYBA road trips, man? That was, was that that Nike money hitting? No, I know it was was Keith being cheap taking you out of McDonald's, man. What was them eats like on the road? Man, I mean Nike. I mean, especially with Takeover, they was treating us well, just a household name, and on the EYBO circuit. Um, so we sometimes we just get you know shoes, a lot of shoes, a lot of gear, um, eats. Um, I don't even remember the East for real, for real. I just remember us as a team just going out. Um, but Nike did treat as well. If the East wasn't memorable, bro, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know about it, man. I don't know about it, man. We we have we have <laughs> one funny Mike Jones story before I get you off the hook, man. We we need one funny Mike Jones story from the battle so I can clown him when I see him next time. I would say when we won my junior year, we won the WCAC championship, and he tried to he tried to walk in the locker room all calm, and then we all just started celebrating and throwing water on him. That was probably the funniest <laughs> moment right there. I still got a video of it. That's that was fun. <laughs> uh, that's valid, man. That's valid, man. Well, now we won't take up too much of your time, man. You know, obviously you guys got, got a big time game, man, but. Definitely want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure, uh, man. Uh, sure. We're definitely going to be rooting for you, man. Obviously, at All Facts this year, man. Always happy to see another DMV guy on the biggest stage, man, doing anything, man. And like I said before, man, I, I have no doubt, man, that, that you're going to play your way, um, you know, onto the highest level, man. And, and we'll be here um, watching you, man, supporting you, man. So keep doing your thing, man. And definitely again, man, thank you for your time, my guy. No, I appreciate y'all having me. I really do appreciate it. No problem at all, man. Thanks a lot. Yep. For sure. Alrighty, guys, that was shout out to Jameer Young, man. Shout out to him, man, for coming on, man. I mean, this guy's a, a, a person who you guys are going to have to circle on your, on, on your radar, man, because like I said, man, I mean, this, this is a guy that I think is is had a chance, man, to, to be an NBA player one day, man, whether it's, he's getting drafted in the second round or making somebody's roster at, as a two-way, man. He's a guy that has NBA-level talent. Um, his ability to, to score the ball, man, is, is exceptional, man. So you heard it here first, man. Jameer Young, man, definitely is a name to remember. He's going to be playing on NBA court one day, man. You heard it here first, man. But nonetheless, Ace, man, you know, it's time for us, our favorite segment of the week, man. The craziest thing we saw, you know, I don't know about you, man, but, you know, for me, the crazy thing that I saw this week, man, was – uh. Uh, I wish I had a shot, man. I could take take a take a shot, man, because you know it pays me to talk about this, man. But our Coppa State Eagles, man, you know, 
played a game up in Philly, about an hour away from Baltimore, man. And they left the jerseys, Ace. He left that jersey, man. So we had to play in Drexel's practice uniforms, man. I mean, as much of a, a head scratching moment as there is, man. I mean, what's going on, man? What, what's going on, Ace? Listen, man, I'm with you, man. We definitely might got to pull one up from, from, from my guys over at Cobbin, man, because they, they, they went super wild, man. Was, you and I were getting texts all weekend, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on, man? And I was just like, man, I, I have no words for you. Like, I have nothing to say. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot going on over there, man. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 it was surprising, man, to see them, you know, go viral the way that they did, man. But the thing is, they, they had the shorts. Like, they had the shorts, but no jersey. And the warm-ups. And like, the warm-ups. Like, I, like, oh, how do you, I don't know how you had the trip with no jerseys. Like, I would probably practice in my undershirt. I know they got, they be wearing them little white undershirts. They be all, they be all doing a little stretch with Coach Chris. I would have, I would have played in there. I would do a, do a, take a marker and do a number on the back of all them joints. We had played in those before I played some Drexel practice jerseys. There's no way I'm putting on some opposing team practice jerseys. Like, that's It was either that or don't play. Man, bro. It's probably that or don't play. And they already I, was there, so. I mean, ref, can we please just take a Sharpie and draw numbers on the back of these? Warm ups like I'd rather play in these than playing these, these Drexel practice jerseys. Like they got them out there looking crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna chalk it up to the experience. You know what I'm saying? Shout out my guy Kevin Sweeney. Just wrote that eloquent story in Sports Illustrated about just the grind of being a MIAC program on these very rigorous, you know, road trips. You know, so I'm gonna chalk it up to that. You know, cut my team some slack. You know what I'm saying? They just got off a hell of a road trip. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're probably fatigued mentally and everything like that, man. It's, it's a grind, man. So that's what I'm talking up to, Ace. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm talking up to the grueling non-conference schedule, man. That's what I'm talking this up to. Yeah, man. There's definitely a lot going on over there, man. So, you know, they, they play a lot of games. I think they might have played the most games in Division One up to this point, man. So, you know, I, 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 I cut them guys some slack over there, man. Hopefully, you know, they can write their wrongs and get this back somehow, man. Somehow, some way. Ooh. Not for sure, man. But nonetheless, man, we have some big-time mid-major games this week coming up, man. So what games do you have on your radar, Ace? Hey, man, this weekend's going to be a good weekend for mid-major basketball, man. I think, you know, uh, some, some of the big games I'm going to be focused, focused on is uh, Friday night, 10 p.m. You're going to see St. Mary's and San Diego State. Um, this, is, this is our classic WCC Mountain West battle uh, for West Coast superiority in the mid-major leagues, man. St. Mary's is obviously a team um, that was, you know, a top two, top three team in the WCC. And San Diego State is a team that's, you know, top two, top three uh, in, in the Mountain West, man. So it is probably two of the best programs on the West Coast. Um, outside of obviously your, your UCLA's and you know your your USC's and Gonzaga's, man, you know St. Mary's, San Diego State have been two of the most successful programs on the West Coast. So that's going to be a huge game Friday night at 10 p.m. Um, then you're going to get San Francisco and Grand Canyon. Now, Grand Canyon is not a team that's ranked in our in our poll, man, but they are a very good basketball team. Obviously, the defending champions out of the whack NCAA tournament team last year, and they're going to play San Francisco this year, who is currently undefeated right now. Um, so I'm gonna be looking at that game, man. I don't want to say it's it's an upset alert, um, but Grand Canyon right now with nine and two, um, they're playing some good basketball, man. Obviously, they they had that rivalry game when they lost to Arizona State um, this week on on Thursday, man. With that, it was a a very competitive game. Grand Canyon was hanging around that one for a while. Looked, looked like they were going to steal a win. Um, their only two losses right now are to to um, Arizona State and to Wyoming, who's also on a top twenty five team uh, in our mid major poll. They got wins over Pepperdine, uh, LMU. Um, 
Also, obviously, there'd be no Floyd, Grambling, Prairie View. Um, so they're not a bad team, man. So I, I'm looking, looking at that game. Sneaky, sneaky good game. Um, sneaky, good, sneaky good game right there, man. It's going to be in Phoenix. So uh, obviously, we know Grand Canyon is known for their student section and their antics um, on campus, man. So uh, the footprint center is going to be rocking when undefeated San Francisco goes there uh, on Saturday, man. So definitely going to be, you know, keep my eye on that game. Also, Chattanooga is going to play Murray State. Uh, they just played Belmont, you know, uh, arguably, you know, one of the best teams in the, in the, in the definitely one of the, one of the best teams, arguably the best team in the Ohio Valley. They're going to get the other, you know, arguably the best team in the, in the Ohio Valley in Murray State Saturday at 8 p.m. That is going to be a great ball game. A lot of Chattanooga and Belmont was an outstanding ball game, man. It's going to be in it for another treat uh, with Chattanooga and Murray State. Must definitely make sure you got your, your camera, your TVs queued up for that. Also, BYU. It's going to go to Weber State, man, Saturday at 8 p.m. So you're going to have a, a, a jam-packed Saturday at 8 p.m. Hopefully you got multiple multiple uh, screens uh, in your household, man, because BYU is going to go to Weber State, man, which is going to be a huge game for the state of Utah, man. Both of those guys are you know, in-state rivals. Weber has started undefeated. Uh, they lost their last two games, obviously, after losing to Washington State. Uh, they're losing to a very good Utah State team at home. So they're going to have another opportunity to pick, up a, to pick up a big win and kind of prove how good they are uh, versus uh, BYU, man. So definitely uh, going to be a huge game for the state of Utah, man, and uh, definitely a big opportunity for Weber State, man. And then we're going to get Norfolk State and Loyola Chicago Sunday at 2 p.m. Obviously, Norfolk State is the defending the MEAC champions, probably the favorite in the MEAC this year. Coach Rob Jones has that team rolling this year. They're going to go out to Chicago Gentile Arena um, and try to do what me and you did, Drew, uh, and, and that is going to win over Loyola Chicago in Gentile Arena, man. I don't know. I think we might be the only MEAC team to pull that off, man. So, uh, they got to give us our flowers for that, man. But Norfolk is going to try to go in and, uh, and, and, and repeat what, what, what we did, man. Sunday at Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, as they travel to Chicago, man. It's going to be going to be, gonna be, a, gonna be a pretty good game, man. Two great coaches, uh, and Drew Valentine and Rob Jones, man. So uh, those are a few games I'm be looking forward to this weekend. Hey, man. Emphasis on the give us our flowers, man, for that Lewis Chicago win, man. Straight up, man. But um, another game I have my radar, man, is uh, going to be St. Bonaventure versus Virginia Tech. Um, St. Bonaventure is, is playing Virginia Tech on Friday. Um, I think this is a game that supposedly Kyle Alton is supposed to be making his return. Obviously, he's been out the last two games for St. Bonaventure. They, they just lost to UConn. So, um, obviously, if, if they are able to get Kyle Alton back in the lineup, I think that this is a game that is obviously very winnable. Uh, for St. For Bonaventure, I think they, you know, it, it will obviously help them a lot to get another uh, big-time win uh, over ACC program. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if he does come back. But I think that obviously the game I'm going to look, be looking forward to out of the ones you mentioned is uh, that, excuse me, that um, St. Mary's versus San Diego State. I think that's going to be a, a big-time matchup, obviously, on the West Coast, man. If I had to make a prediction on that one, <sighs> I think I'm gonna go St. Mary's, man. I think I'm gonna go St. Mary's in that one, but I don't know. Ace, what you think? Uh, I I, I do like St. Mary's, man. I do like St. Mary's, but um, let me let me look and see where this game is being played because that's gonna be that's gonna be key, man. Because I think uh, if, if that game is gonna be played in San Diego State, I think I might lean San Diego State um with that one. Man. I'm trying to see where where is oh, that's a Friday night game. Let's see. This game is the Jerry Colangelo Classic, man. Shout out to the legend Jerry Colangelo, man. It's going to be in Phoenix. So it's 
a neutral site game uh, between St. Mary's and San Diego State. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go with St. Mary's, man. I think I think uh, Randy Bennett, uh, Randy, Bennett, Randy Bennett has his team playing well at the right time, man. Obviously, they you know got a big win over Utah State earlier this year. I think it might be a tad bit better uh, at this point in the season in San Diego State. Obviously, both of those guys are you know, toward the top of the Mountain West, man. But um, I think I'm going to go St. Mary's, man, to to to, to get this to get a program to find a win. But for San, for San Diego State, this is a team that. Needs kind of, is in need of a big win, man. So, um, you know, obviously they, they lost to Michigan early in the year. Uh, they're in need. Of, they also lost to USC, two very good, two you know pretty good teams. Also lost to BYU. So they don't they don't have any bad losses, man. But you know if they can get a statement win over St. Mary's, um, then that'll be huge for them, man. So definitely going to be looking forward uh, to that matchup. I think I, I think I would lead St. Mary's though. Look at you, man. Agreeing with with Big Bro, man. You know, I I won't say I'm surprised. You know, I, I won't say I'm surprised. You know, but you know, definitely definitely a smart smart move on your part. You know, um, agreeing with 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 the smarter of of, of you know the, the two of us here. Ain't got too much dip on your chip, big fella. I'm 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 I'm, I'm not even gonna uh gonna debate you on that one. I think we all know that I'm the brains of all facts media. You know, I I, I think you know the proof is in the pudding. You know. Um, you know, it's the reason why, why I was born first. You know, you're, you're, you're my little bro. You know, I taught you everything you know, and you look up to me. And I'm, I'm proud to have a, a younger brother that looks up to me the way that I do, man. Because I'm the big brother, I'm not going to even give you a chance to respond to that message because uh, we're going to wrap this show up here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, man. You know, uh, this has been another episode of the Auto Bid. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, uh, as always, man. I uh, want to remind you guys to make sure you get a like in our content. Uh, subscribing, retweeting, sharing, man, on social media. Give us a rating on Spotify, on Apple Music, wherever you listen to this podcast, man. It goes a long way. And tell a friend and tell a friend about the auto band, man. And as always, make sure you got to tap into my guy, Pull Up Tay's music, his new project. Why Stop Now is out on all platforms. Make sure you got to stream in that, man. And this could be him on the outro. Until next time, folks. You beating on me? It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You want to sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me? I can tell. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.